0: Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Yow. And today, we are unfortunately not joined by a friend. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about son-in-law and the college experience. So spoiler alert for son-in-law. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, um, this is not another Break Room episode, this is just, um, trying to podcast around the holidays.
1: Yeah, we are friendless, and we thought that was just, like, sort of a, a term we would use for when we don't have a guest on the podcast, but it turns out we, we just lost all of our friends. Yeah, um, we're pretty
0: unlikable, so...
1: Yeah, there's something about our misogyny that rubs people the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I don't get it, but, you know, I, I don't really listen to women, so whenever they explained it to me, yeah, I didn't get it.
1: Maybe if a man explained it to me, yeah, that, then I'd understand. Um, but I wanted to watch Son-in-Law because I have this vague memory of having watched it with my mom early in my life. But before we get to that, Joe, is there anything interesting that happened to you this week?
0: Not particularly. Um, it's just been kind of the same old at work, um, which I can't really talk about because they're ongoing criminal cases. Um, wow. Yeah. Flexing. Whew. Um, but tonight, uh, the day we're recording this, I am going to be performing stand-up for the first time. So that's exciting. Wow.
1: I think stand-up is uh, a very vulnerable uh, position to put yourself in. Yeah. Um, well, you saw Joker, right? It's really
0: the most vulnerable of our society comedians. That's I, what I got out of the
1: movie. I think uh, so. I think yeah. it's hard to be a comedian today. Yeah. You know, because of... You just put a target on your back no matter what you talk about it's just your audience is so sensitive.
0: Yeah, no matter who you decide to make fun of people
1: are gonna yeah, be upset about it. And you know what? It's not even the people you're making fun of. It's like people who just want to like defend the people you're making fun of. Like it doesn't yeah, even Yeah, it's uh, I I don't get it. But... I don't. Yeah. Ask
0: me about my week. Uh, w- was there anything uh, more interesting? that happened in your
1: week? No. (laughs) Um, There have been some issues at school with feeling underappreciated as a teacher, Um, but I think that just comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a movie that really gets into, like, what it means to be a genuine teacher today—not like the movie Bad Teacher with right. Cameron Diaz and Bradley Cooper, but like a real like drama drenched with comedy because that's what teaching is. Yeah,
0: it's, like a like a funny version of Freedom Writers. Is that where you're getting at? I've never seen Freedom Writers. Ah, you should watch Freedom Writers. <laughs> I haven't seen it in in many years, and so it probably isn't fitting squarely into what you're describing. But it's about, like, a no-nonsense teacher that connects with these kids. It, that I don't know. I don't want to make Freedom Riders sound dumb. It's a very good movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it sounded dumb. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, For those who don't know, Son-in-Law is a movie about Pauly Shore acting like Polly Shore. Uh, yeah, so, Alex, you mentioned that you had... You have a memory
0: of watching this a long time ago. I had never heard of it. So when you were like, we could watch Son in Law, I was like, meh. Starring Polly Shore. Ah! <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Polly Shore is the resident advisor uh, who lives across the hall from a country girl trying to accept all of the changes that occur in college. And hijinks ensue when she goes back home for Thanksgiving break, bringing Polly Shore with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the best way to put it. This movie uh, at times felt like a a montage, and often at times felt like they just pointed the camera at Polly
1: Shore and like didn't tell him they were filming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was definitely entertained by this movie as an audience. I would rate this movie a four. I had a lot of fun watching it. I had a lot of fun making fun of it. And then at the end of the day, it did have a point to make. And I was like, wow, that's more than I would have ever asked of you. <laughs> and so and so, I, I rated it pretty high. Yeah,
0: um, I'm bringing back the debate. I'm going to give this an audience rating of 3.5. You son of a bitch. Um because like I did genuinely enjoy it 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 wasn't like a spooky buddies where it was so bad it was good jokes were landing and made me laugh out loud but and we could talk about this later if we have to I think because Um, I'm used to this one idea of Polly Shore. There were times where I felt like he was doing an impression of himself. (laughs) And so there were times where I was like, that's not what Polly Shore would... I guess that's Polly Shore, so I guess that
1: is what he would do. (laughs) Um, As a critic, on the other hand, there were a lot of issues that I had Mm -hmm. coming into this movie, (laughs) or leaving the movie. Um, And I don't know if it has to do with it coming out in 1993, but it seemed very, I guess the whole movie was comparing conservative country with like liberal city. And so the best way that they'd portrayed that was Crawl being, oh, Paulie Shore's name is Crawl. Have we mentioned that? Yeah. Uh... And it's because he always crawled back to his dorm over the course of college. Which he's been in for six years, <laughs> and has no intention of graduating. So that's that's one thing. Um, but going back, Crawl is like this sexual predator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the movie paints as like sexually liberated, and. It doesn't age well at all. Or maybe it was never good. I don't know. I was a wee baby in 1993. Yeah, so we
0: get to know Crawl. Um, at this point, Becca has moved into college and her family's gone. And so people are partying and stuff. Crawl is walking through the hallway with a video camera, sees Becca, and starts following her and recording her. And I was like, that's really not
1: cool. (laughs) So because of making the sexual predator the hero of the movie, I'm going to have to give it two stars. And again, that differentiation is the understanding that this movie hasn't aged well, but still being able to enjoy it. Maybe because of my privilege, but regardless it's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I
0: I think this is a movie you can watch and enjoy, but also understand that there are serious problems both in what they're portraying as well as just like bad storytelling. <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, I, I would also drop it down to a two as a critic. So let's get into this. Let's let's first there are some good things I want to talk about this movie. Crawl is a weirdo, and the world just sort of starts to accept him. I was mm-hmm. pretty into this idea where Crawl doesn't change himself. He, he's weird. Everyone's put off by it. And he keeps being weird, but starts, like, easing them into it. Like, his move is to ask you about your hobby, get into your hobby, to get to know you and mm-hmm. it's it's a great way to like not have to change yourself but be become more welcoming at first he's very off-putting and it's <laughs> totally reasonable why people wouldn't like him
0: mm-hmm. yeah I I liked it especially with Becca's little brother who's Ham from the Sandlot um that's his character uh, <laughs> no it's not um but I like how he is, like, complimenting him. He's like, you're so cute. You have, like, these, you know, like, chubby cheeks. Uh, I guess in his mind is a compliment. Um, and the kid's like, shut up. I hate you. Like, blah, blah, blah. But then is like, realizes that the brother's into computers. And so crawl is like, I'm also into computers. Let's talk about that. And then just become, like, genuine friends.
1: <laughs> well, they both also relate with objectifying women together yeah um they really get into this back and forth of like oh playboys you holding back Mm -hmm. on me have you touched my sister's boob what don't talk about your sister like that you know fun stuff that that was a weird question because he
0: (laughs) he asks you ever touch my sister's boobs and his tone suggests that he's like i hope you say yes because that's gonna really (laughs) turn me on
1: yeah, there, there are definitely some things going on here where yeah. I don't know what direction the director was taking or the uh, screenwriter was taking. Um, jumping sort of to the end of the movie, but this
0: is still about Crawl. I like that for most of the movie, him and Becca were just friends. It wasn't this sort of one of them. Likes the other, but is trying to keep it secret. And then at the end, the other friend realizes that they liked them the whole time. It was a, a genuine friendship that built into a more genuine, like, romantic relationship. And even at the end, they don't necessarily end up together. But it sort of leaves the the hint that they're going to try dating. Um, so I, I thought that was a neat deviation from what we're used to. I agree. I
1: think... Crawl is, like, so crazy and breaks Becca out of her shell that it makes sense why they bond so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just friends. And near the end, she's all like, well, our engagement was fake anyway. And Crawl is like, well, yeah, but, like, I started to like you. Mm -hmm. And you could tell, like, she started to like him, too. But, again, neither of them is, like, being coy about it. It was like, oopsies. Which brings me to a, a plot point that I did like. <laughs> First off, the movie builds pretty slowly. It takes its time to establish the characters. And it really allows the viewer, who is also put off, as it, at least for me, put off by Crawl, get to know him before he gets exposed to the family. Because then you can sort of have that lens of oh, that family has a good reason to be put off. (laughs) But I've warmed up to him, so I'm sure they will, type of feeling. Um, It spends the first half an hour just being at college, Becca not being comfortable, a few montages of them uh, opening up to each other, and Becca getting her new hair, getting a tattoo, (sighs) before they go back home for break. And which I think is the is the crux of the of the movie. Like if I saw a trailer for this movie, it would be all about bringing Crawl back home to her family. Mm-hmm. But they don't get to that until one third into the movie, and I think that pacing is lost nowadays with all of the the stimulation that we get in movies. Mm -hmm. So I was appreciative of the slow build and character development before we get to an actual conflict of, wait for it, Becca's boyfriend from home wants to marry her, and she doesn't want to marry him back. So she avoids getting proposed to until he starts proposing she forces Crawl to do something, and Crawl is like, "I don't know what to do." Fine, um, uh, we're engaged. Sorry, and then the rest of the movie uh proceeds. Yeah, it was
0: an interesting like way to go about this um, because it was unclear to me. I don't know if you had the same problem. I couldn't tell if Becca wanted to break up with her boyfriend or if she just didn't want to marry him. And I understand they end up like breaking up because she says crawl do something, and then he's like, he does what he does, but that's what happens when you get crawl on
1: the job, you know, he's just crazy hijinks. It yeah, it seemed very sudden and surprising that they just committed to this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I imagine maybe Becca inviting crawl like crawl. You gotta come home and pretend to be my fiancé so mm-hmm. that my ex-boyfriend from home doesn't try to get back together with me. Like, somehow, that makes more sense. And I'm, I'm not here to nitpick, but it all seems so sudden and so random. I was like, ah, fine, I'll get on board, but I'm doing it begrudgingly.
0: <laughs> yeah, because when you described the plot to me, you said, like, she uses her friend from college to pretend that they're married. And so that's what I thought the reason she was bringing him was. But it was this very, like, heartfelt moment. Again, because they are genuine friends. She realizes that Crawl like, doesn't have a home to go to for Thanksgiving break. So she's like, well, why don't you come with me? And then he just happens to fake propose to her. Um, also, this is the longest Thanksgiving break ever. Like,
1: it, it was It was a full week. Oh, okay, um, which is longer than normal, mm-hmm. but they played out each day very long,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I missed that. I thought it was just the usual like Wednesday to Sunday. And I was like, this is all happening in four days? <laughs> Which even a week is still short. Yeah, but... it's like
1: six days. Like, yeah. it, it was too much, especially with all of the montages that occur. Yeah. Like, you would think that time would pass faster. But then when it's not montaging, it's like live, apparently.
0: <laughs> Wait, I just realized though. The the ending of the movie is on Thanksgiving, so it's not even Thanksgiving, like, break. It's whenever they left to that Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, when you get the week
1: off, you get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Not right. Not the week after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they left maybe Friday night. Who knows? I'm just saying, this, this movie's timeline is boggling, but...
1: <laughs> Uh, but overall definitely the parts of these of this movie that are fun are Paulie Shore acting like Paulie Shore like he gets punched in the face and just <laughs> collapses and <laughs> cries <laughs> and you're like well, well, why did you uh? Uh, which is fun like it mm-hmm. it sort of portrays again that that crawl isn't necessarily manly he isn't necessarily Normal, but he has multi dimensional sides mm-hmm. to him of like his sensitivity, his liberalism. I guess mm-hmm. he says the line literally, You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, which was just about not wanting to marry her boyfriend, mm-hmm. but could clearly be implied about like all aspects of his life.
0: Um, speaking of, like, his multidimensionalness, I like the scene on Halloween where he's actually, like, a good RA because he sees Becca is, like, overwhelmed and, like, going to the, the payphone. Um, oh, yeah, that was yeah shocking. <laughs> um, but she goes to the payphone and he's like, who, who are you calling? And she's like, my parents, I'm going home. Like, I, I want to leave college. And he's like, I've seen this before. Let me give you this pep talk. That he's probably given before, and it's like he—he he really does. Like he's still Polly Shore, but he does get more serious. And it's like, hey, listen, like I know why you want to do that, but don't. It's gonna be—you're—you're you're
1: really going to regret it. <laughs> and he, I was like, wow, what cinema! Amazing. Mwah. And this whole time, he's in like heels, walking yeah. slowly in like a bralette type of thing. And it's just amazing, amazing <laughs> multidimensional cinema. But <laughs> there are so many issues. Yeah. Uh, there is some homophobia. I, I couldn't tell if they were making fun of country people for being homophobic or if they were just being homophobic because that's what audiences would uh, think was funny. Yeah. But Grandpa implies... Doesn't imply he straight up says, I'd rather die than kiss a man Mm -hmm. uh, because of like a heart attack he was having, which wasn't a heart attack because then pills cured him, I guess. And Pauly Shore was like, ah, CPR, that'll help this heart attack. Yeah, (laughs) I did think that was a better
0: CPR gag, uh, even though it was homophobic, but I feel like most of the time we see the person who needed CPR wake up and be like, "Whoa, what's going on?" But in this one, Polly Shore sees Grandpa wake up and we see him start to scream. (laughs) And I thought that it made me, it caught me. Like I I didn't expect that. Um, Also, when Becca's moving in, they meet her roommate, and her roommate is like, "This is my girlfriend." And then they just start making out in front of Becca's family. And it's like a long scene where you just see each member of her family react to them kissing. And then it never gets addressed
1: again. (laughs) Like her, I don't think her roommate is in another scene. She is in the Halloween scene. Oh, yeah. She's there, and her girlfriend is dressed up as a a man of some sort. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they were dressed up as. What's his name? Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's in this movie. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's in this movie, and they do a nod uh, to, I guess, Brendan Fraser acting like a caveman. He's in that movie where he's a caveman. Is this act, is this hitting home? Looney Tune Strike Back. I uh, don't. <laughs> <at> a... <laughs> I think, and I can't be confident, mm-hmm. and I really should have looked this up before recording, but. Pauly Shore looks at Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser acts like a caveman and leaves. And Polly Shore goes, is that? No. And I think (laughs) it was a reference to to some movie that I don't know about. I I am going to look it up, which I know
0: we normally don't do. We just let it hang. But ever since we talked about podcast ghosts, I don't want people to hate us. Um okay but I'm not editing I, out the part where you're looking it up. No yeah I'm going to I'm going to try to talk about it talk over it but you know no no promises. Um I was so excited. Oh okay yes. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Okay. So Polly Shore also starred in the movie Encino Man there where is. they find a frozen caveman played by Brandon Fraser. There we go. So that's what it I was. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I forgot that Brendan Fraser was in that movie, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was on the screen for like 30 seconds, and I loved every second of it. And I wanted him to come back, but he didn't. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, moving on a little bit, I don't know if this is a criticism of the movie, but it felt weird for Crawl. To just sexually enlighten Becca's family over the course of the visit, and that might make him a hero of some sort. Like at first, it's like, well, oh, this family is like I guess too conservative, and then it's like, is this family too comfortable with sex? Mm-hmm. It was like, crawl beautifies Becca's mom, um, which really wasn't his place to be like. He goes into the bathroom, hugs (laughs) Becca, mom looks up, because it's actually mom, not Becca, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were Becca, but just so you know, you're giving me a semi. (laughs) He says that that (laughs) word. And she is, like, angry, and is like, get out, like, get out,
0: I'm not Becca. And then he's like, hold on, can I say one thing? And she's like, uh, I don't see why not. (laughs) It's like... You don't?
1: (laughs) And he's like, you could be hot. Yeah. (laughs) Which is insulting. Yeah. Um, And he, he, he does say, like, almost compensative lines of, like, you need to let your inner beauty match your outer beauty, which, like... Almost saves the day, but not enough. I like. thi- yeah,
0: I, I was like, oh, how sweet. I think if he led with that and it wasn't after he just hugged her while she was only in a towel, it would have been better. But it, the surrounding circumstances make it a really bad scene.
1: It just was weird and then it works. Mm-hmm. So like he beautifies Becca's mom. Becca's mom goes to this ranch that has a dance and Becca's dad is like, "Oh man, I haven't had a boner since 1991." <laughs> <laughs> and they they dance, they rush home to do it. And then the next Or as this movie would say, "Bone." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of the next day everyone talks about it becca's like hey mom i heard you moaning yeah <laughs> you know like, how you know how 18 year olds would say to their mom when they know that they had sex <laughs> And and Becca's mom is like, oh, sweetie. And then dad comes home and is like, oh, last night was amazing. And she's like, oh, yeah, mom is like making coffee and dad like
0: walks up behind her and like thrusts his pelvis against her butt. And is like beautiful morning, isn't it? And then and everyone in the
1: kitchen is just like same shit as usual. <laughs> but it's not, yeah. it's unique. <laughs> and and then Paulie Shore on the way to working with dad is like, hey, did you bone your wife? Don't hold back as they're leaving. <laughs> and Becca's mom again is like, oh crawl. <laughs> and that's my complaint. I think it's a complaint. Maybe I liked it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I think we could talk about
0: Crawl's interactions with the family for maybe two or three days. Um, but I think we should take a break. And when we get back, we can talk more about moving into college and then going back home for Thanksgiving uh, when we get back. Sounds like a plan. Um, do you think you could help me with a, a little problem I've been having? Yeah, no problem.
1: I, um... Oh, I, I solved it. I said no problem. Now you don't have a problem. That's a good one. Did you make that up on the spot? Uh, yeah, actually. I think
0: I improvised it. How'd you learn how to do that?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um... <laughs> um... Shows how good those classes are. <laughs> I am willing to advertise this. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. SeriousComedyTheater.com. That's right. SeriousComedyTheater.com. That's theater with an R-E. You will see the theater that Joe and I are both involved in. Yes, we perform improv and now stand-up. Serious Comedy Theater offers classes in improv, it offers classes in stand-up, and it offers classes in sketch writing. So no matter how you want to
0: produce, you can be part of a group, you can be by yourself, and you can do it off the
1: stage. So if you're in the Beacon, New York area, or even just the mid-Hudson Valley, definitely look into this great opportunity. I'm certain that my comedic tendencies have skyrocketed ever since being taught under the masterful Chris Fontacus 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 Takis. Takis. Chris Chris. <laughs> That's serious comedy theater.
0: re.com Boy oh boy! I don't know about you, Alex, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum yum. Um. So. Alex, you said that you wanted to um, talk a little bit about the
1: college experience
0: that we see in the movie versus what we experienced.
1: Yeah, there was a a scene near the beginning that really stuck out to me. It was moving day. And Becca is coming in. We see a lot of family tension of, oh, you carry this luggage. No, you carry this luggage. Uh, And a lot of dynamics of wife having to be the most mature out of all of them. Husband being pretty uh, authoritarian. Uh, But the weird part for me was that on move-in day, I get that it's chaotic and they definitely got that part right. But it felt like there were already a lot of established relationships amongst the people moving in. There was a guy in a towel, uh, I guess, walking over to shower in the communal showers. And I'm thinking to myself, like, who does that on the first day you just moved in? Like, you see people still moving in. Yeah, like,
0: Becca was, like, the last one to move in, too. Because the dorm was filled with people
1: already partying. Yeah, it was very chaotic. And then some girl pulls the towel away from the guy who was headed towards the communal shower. And he was like, whatever. And is <laughs> It's told, California. Yeah, it's liberal California. And they just go. To, they continue going to the shower in front of a bunch of parents, in front of a bunch of freshmen. And, and it was uh, weird. And I don't think it's accurate. But what do I know? <laughs>
0: yeah so um Alex, you and I went to the same college um and we had freshman dorms specifically um I'm sure a lot of other colleges have this, but I'm wondering if every college has a dorm specific for freshmen only, and maybe that's why so many people were already there.
1: yeah, it just seemed like uh established friendships existed on the first day of college, and that was weird and unique, <laughs> yeah. Having the RA be wild is definitely interesting. Like, y- you understand that this crawl guy had to go through an interview process, uh, yeah. and someone in Res Life had to be like, Yeah, they're good at being responsible for people. And since we've seen from the movie, he does not do well with first impressions. So, how did that come about? <laughs> Maybe he had a
0: very long interview process and just warmed up to the residence director the same way he warmed up to Becca's family.
1: Okay, possible, fine. (laughs) (laughs) But they definitely, what I would consider, exaggerated this idea of freshmen experiencing college and independence for the first time, going wild, and then coming home and... Uh, Thinking they have this whole new philosophy on life that just won't match with what they thought they knew from high school. Like, she comes home and starts calling mom and dad Walter and Susan... I don't remember the parents' names. Uh, but it, it was a point of contention of her calling them by their first name. And they're like, you got me dead, goddammit! <laughs> Eventually, once they get fed up. And it, it definitely felt exaggerated.
0: Yeah, um, I I understand the idea of a kid coming back from their first semester of college and being like, yeah, you know, I I just get it now. But I do think the jump from, yeah, you know, like, why Why label things? You're Walter now. You're not my dad. <laughs> I'm an adult.
1: Uh, when they get off the plane, she is in a bra and a uh, fishnet, I guess, cover over it. So, like, not covering anything up. And you could see the little brother being like, whoa, my sister's hot. Yeah, maybe there was a through line of the
0: little brother wants to bone the sister Maybe. That we just didn't see all the pieces for.
1: Ah, uh, there was probably deleted scenes that really like yeah. led
0: up to it. Maybe there was like a big uh, reveal where he like stands up and is like, "God damn it, I need to get this off my chest. I love you, uh, Becca." And Becca's like, "Oh, I love you too, little bro." And he's like, "Not like that." But then crawl
1: like grabs him and was like, "No, dude, no." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe they deleted that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, my college experience, um, I appreciated uh, getting to live away from home was very important to me. Um, I really needed independence. I was horrible as an independent person, though. <laughs> I would lay in bed with Tom, uh, a frequent guest, and we would like eat bags of chips for bed. Like that was <laughs> it wasn't like we're hungry. It was, oh, it's bedtime. Let's get into bed and start eating real quick. <laughs> uh, I was an animal
0: in college. Yeah, uh, I miss all the crazy food combinations I would try to come up with in college to be like, well, I'm hungry, and I have a bottle of ranch and pita. All right, I think
1: I can make (laughs) something out of this. Hmm, hmm. Doesn't take a genius to solve this. (laughs) Um, I definitely was ridiculously unhealthy in college. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first got insurance in... 2017 <laughs> I'm sure I had insurance prior to that But it was a very confusing time in my life Where I didn't know when I could go to the doctor or not um, It's like, well, my mom didn't make the appointment So it's not <laughs> like I can go to the doctor So two years post-graduation I finally got like insurance that I thought would be worthwhile to see the doctor And my cholesterol was high <laughs> Uh, She said nothing to worry about, but she did use the words moderately high. And I was like, that sounds like something to worry about. I'm 25. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I haven't been to the doctor in probably like three years now, and I'm terrified to go because I know they're going to be like, I don't know how you're alive right now.
1: (laughs) Are you beating your own heart? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do think it's important for us to go back, though. I yeah. actually, since I found out about my cholesterol, haven't gone back. That was mm-hmm. 2017. Uh, oh, wait, no. I went back for depression. Nice. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, you know what, Joe? I think we should make a pact. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the dentist at least once in 2020.
0: The dentist or the And
1: doctor? let's go okay. to the doctor at least once in 2020.
0: I... I agree. Let's do that. That's, right. that's my resolution. It's going to be nice and
1: easy. You'd think. <laughs> but come November yeah. next year, we're going to go... Like, uh, I, I swear I tried to set up an yeah, appointment. It just... It just it they kept, were booked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's make a blood oath now so that we can't back out. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did the wrong hand. <laughs> oh, No. Again, uh, yeah, all right. Let's uh, I'm sure the doctor would have told us not to do this, yeah, but we haven't gone in so long, we yeah. don't know any I don't, better. I don't even know what a doctor is anymore. <laughs> I had did see a good post of the idea of the doctor, uh, oh, the doctor a day keeps the apple away. No, it's <laughs> an apple a day keeps the doctor away where he's like hey did you eat your apple today and he was like nah I thought I would skip it Billy what did you do and a doctor comes from like the window breaks through the window and grabs him and pulls him away and he's like Billy eat the apple I
0: like that I think I saw a similar one this might have been a Simpsons joke. I can't remember. But it was like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And they would just throw an apple at a doctor. And then <laughs> he'd be like, oh. And then like, he'd leave. <laughs>
1: and it's true. Yeah. Um, which does bring me back to college. Because in college, and right before college, I read a lot of webcomics. Uh, the Oatmeal, XKCD, um, I Waste So Much Time dot com all of uh e-bombs world, oh those were the days. Oh man. But definitely web comics were my go-to comfort when I was in college and if I felt vulnerable, like I'd be like oh, I'm just going to crawl in bed and just read some web comics. <laughs> Nowadays kids would call them memes, mm-hmm. but they but they aren't memes cuz they, they establish characters and then we see them in different scenarios.
0: Well, as we talked about on our um Shrek episode uh with Meme Lord heteroelectual. Memes just mean jokes now.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'm going to have a... I'm still working on wrapping my brain around mm-hmm.
0: it. No, yeah, I get it. Like, th- I, I hate the idea of back in my day, Uh, but these kids are wrong. Okay, Boomer. Nailed it. Got it.
1: <laughs> Sick <whoo>. meme. <laughs> Um, I am a big fan. I know we're supposed to be talking about college yeah, experience. this episode went way off the rails. <laughs> but this idea that... This is why we need a friend with us. <laughs> boomer is a slur for, mm-hmm. for older people. It's like a form of ageism. And it's like, oh my god, fuck
0: off. That basically <laughs> proves the point of, the <laughs> like, hey, I have this legitimate problem. Oh, just grow up. Okay,
1: Boomer. What did you just say to me? <laughs> The memes that have been coming out Mm -hmm. are amazing. One more thing before we get back to college. My friend Greg, who I've been talking about a lot lately, but not on mic. I just love him so much. (laughs) Greg, if you listen to this episode, I love you so much. Um, Sent me a Twitter post that asks, what is the meme of the decade as we're wrapping up? And I, I responded with such a long explanation of why that's not an answerable question unless you define the way to measure. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, like, much more of an intellectual thing than I really intended for it to be. But it was, like, do you mean, like, its impact on society? Do you mean its reusability? Do you mean, like, how mainstream it is? Like, and a whole decade? And with Gen Zers, like... Memes come and go within minutes, like you can't measure, you can't even count the number of memes that occurred in the last decade.
0: Uh, for me, it would probably be Troll Face. Um, if I had to say,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it was the Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh. Oh, the mannequin meme! I was a big fan of the mannequin meme. Was that when everybody froze? Yeah, everyone yeah. stood still, and one person like walked around as if it was like a stop motion, like freeze frame, and three. Mm-hmm. Dem- I was really into yeah. it. I was, a, uh, go <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was at a New Year's party. Harlem uh, Shake. I'm just kidding. I was at a New
0: Year's party where, like that, that was the week that meme became very popular. So they were like at midnight. We're going to play the song, and then everyone's going to freeze. And then people did it. I was surprised. I was like, that's a stupid idea. People are excited that at, at, on New Year's. But then,
1: you know, memes are powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan of memes impact on. But anyway, uh, college. <laughs> college... Definitely helped me. Uh, I want to talk about the very first semester of college. I took a logic class um, with this guy whose last name looked like Chariot, but it wasn't Chariot. (laughs) And so I never actually learned his name. But we learned the whole concepts of uh, informal fallacies, how to break them if someone uses them, or how to use them if the other person doesn't know about them. That was, like, part of the class. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) And I definitely feel like I immediately got smarter after the first semester of college.
0: Yeah, I I think there is um, some truth in the idea of, like, college is higher education. So obviously, if you go through even just one semester, you will be, quote-unquote, smarter. But I think uh, what, the, what the movie brought to it, to, a, to an extreme, is the idea of a kid being like, well, yeah, like, I'm basically too smart for society now. Like I'm a full adult. Yeah. Even though I needed you to pick me up at the airport, and now you're housing me and feeding me, and hopefully you're going to slip me a 20 when I leave, <laughs> when Fingers you then crossed. drive me back to the airport. <laughs>
1: but I'm an adult. Like I could basically be your boss. Uh I am a <laughs> a fan of this rebel phase or even the fact of calling it a phase is very boomer of me. <laughs> uh but I watched this movie for the first time with my mom I think in the late 90s it was already like on TV and we just stumbled across it through like pay-per-view. And there's a scene where Becca uh, decides to get a tattoo. And crawl is like, no, man, that stuff's permanent. Like, I'm going to let you do you, but, like, I'm not going to get one. And my mom, like, made a whole speech about it of, like, (laughs) you see... Even this guy, the weirdest, most <laughs> liberal guy you've now seen ever, doesn't like tattoos. So what does that say about tattoos, all right? I did think that was
0: an interesting joke of like, yeah, Short Shore does not like <laughs> tattoos.
1: And my mom went off of how excited she was that this movie took this stance.
0: <laughs> I remember my first semester of college, there was this tattoo shop in Beacon, New York, Honorable Inc., that they were having, like, some sort of, like, anniversary party or something, so they were doing tattoo deals, and I really, really wanted a tattoo, but I was still, I guess, childish enough, for lack of a better word, to call my parents and be like, can I get a tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) And obviously they said no, which I'm thankful that they did. Because if I got the tattoos I wanted when I was 17,
1: I probably would not like them anymore. (laughs) I never asked my parents for tattoos because they made it blatantly obvious what they thought of tattoos Mm -hmm. and piercings and all of that from the Mm get-go. Literally like six years old moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got about four or five tattoos before my mom saw any of them. I, I,
0: I got their blessing for my first tattoo. Then I was like, that's when I was like, well, you know, I'm an adult now. So um, <laughs> It took two semesters <laughs> for you. <laughs> so then I got a second tattoo that I was able to keep secret, but then I needed surgery. So when my mom came into the room, like the way the hospital gown was on me, you could see it. And I was still on like the drugs. So I was like, hey, mom,
1: <gasps> yeah, I got another tattoo. <laughs> Um, I showed my mom, I think on my fourth tattoo, I got a rose uh, right below the uh, school motto that I have on my ribs. (laughs) Nice. Um, it's a rose that's growing from concrete. Uh, it's from Tupac's poem. Uh, but we went to a river, the Delaware water gap, and she hadn't gotten there yet. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to take off my shirt. And I'm just going to be and and this is how she's going to find out. And I was sweating and I was like, oh, my God, just throw this Frisbee. Yeah. Just back and forth. Oh, she's here now. OK, just act normal. And she was just like, what is what? It? And we sort of talked about it. And then like a few days later, she was like, you couldn't have gotten all those at once. How long have you been holding this for me? And I, and then we finally had a conversation about it. But I waited until I didn't live with my parents to show them, or with my mom to show them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it worked out because well, what's she going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> ground me? <laughs> she did. She grounded me. And, yeah, I, and, and <laughs> I listened. Like,
0: what, of as, course. That's my mom. Like, what am yeah. I going to do? <laughs> she birthed me. <laughs> you show her some respect. <laughs> College. Uh, (laughs) uh, So I I think uh, to kind of close us out and maybe focus us a little bit, because I don't know what the hell happened today, but um, I I, I wanted to talk a a little bit about how Becca not only learns to, like, let loose, but I think kind of, like, finds herself and, like, finds what she really enjoys. Um, And I think that is a, a real thing that people go through in college. That's where you really find yourself and figure out who you are. Um and so in college, that's when I really started getting more into improv and I think that's uh been a big uh factor in my in my life ever since then.
1: Yeah, I think there's a point to be made about college and I think more so it's the flaw of the education system within like K through 12. Of you really don't get to explore what you like. Mm -hmm. And college seems to be the first place for many people to get to explore those things, uh, whether it be through clubs or through the classes. uh, But it is a place to have more intellectual conversations. Um, And that's really what I took away from college was... The ability to like formulate arguments and get into debates without it necessarily meaning that you're in an argument. Mm -hmm. Like
0: I there were there were uh, a couple times in college where and I understand not all arguments are like this. um, But like you said, not necessarily be fighting where like I would present a point, the other person would present their point and then I would go, oh, yeah, I guess I was wrong. Um, Whoa! Yeah, I know, but I think you're you're right. Where I I don't think we have the skills to really
1: do that until we get to college. At least through my experience of high school, and I, I think that's the high yeah. school like that. I think that's the high school curriculum's fault, mm-hmm. not not our age group. Like it's no, not yeah. like because you're sixteen, you can't formulate an argument. No, yeah. Um, but I I love the the internet sensation of is water wet. Because Mm -hmm. that back and forth, the screaming is humorous, but each person has a genuine argument and understanding of something that leads them to their conclusion, and they give each other a chance to, like, share their point and then call them wrong. But Mm -hmm. it's in a very amusing, like, structured way where I was like, yeah, like, I'm into this. Let's let's have Mm -hmm. this debate. Hot dog, sandwich, or? Yes. Hot dog is sandwich. Anyone who says differently um, just wants to be contrarian. That's there's, what I'm saying. There's literally no reason to not call a hot dog a sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all
0: so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about Instant Family. If you liked us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men. And find us on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And check us out at twobaldmenpodcast.com. Thank you all again, and if you are driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.